Well, I, I'm actually... I'm excited to talk about these episodes and the second episode in particular. Yeah, me too. Which um, is, is the first time that's happened since, um, since we started doing this. Yeah. I, uh, this isn't, this isn't, have you started recording? Of course I started recording. Let's do an intro to the show. You can gather your thoughts while I say, yeah, yeah. this is, welcome to What the Fork, the Noise <laughs> Place edition. <laughs> I'm Jared. Um, I'm Jason. <laughs> Um, you can, uh, email us at what the fork pod at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at what the fork pod. Uh, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app, um, rate and review us in particular on, um, on Apple podcasts. If you would be so, so kind, I didn't check to see if we got any new reviews. I'm going to say no. I'm gonna say we no. I mean, I I think um, I was thinking just now actually. I was thinking. Well, first I thought I was thinking. I actually posted something on Instagram today, so I mean that's um, that's nice. I mean, I, yeah, I saw that. I, yeah. I saw that you took notes. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. This is gonna be a nice tight episode. I can feel it. All right, we're gonna <laughs> we're, we're gonna keep it tight. Toit. Toit. Um but um yeah, I um I think this is kind of the episodes where just like the things are starting to come together. Um for as far as tone, characters. Yeah, no, I mean even even from uh the um the the fourth episode was was solid. It was already getting better, and then the fifth episode, I it was the first one where I was just like, I love this episode. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess um, oh, the other thing I kind of wanted to mention too is that um, I think that Kristen has once again brought up um, cutting my hair, and I, I and I still refuse <laughs> for several reasons. Um. The big one, I even have anything to do with her. I just figured now that I have so much hair, let's do something fun with it. You know, since are you gonna beat you know, it? What's that? You gonna put beads in it? You gonna like? I don't like. <laughs> I don't know if I'm just gonna go um, like Paul Rudd. You know, with like just um, doing hot ones <laughs> uh, type thing, or I don't know, going for a bowl cut. Like, uh, um, I don't know. It's, I just, um, also I just, cause once I get the haircut, that means my Amish beard has to kind of match it. I don't really want to get, well, get you could do, it. you could do the, is it the Amish mullet business on top party in, uh, on the face? <laughs> Well, that's sort of like what hipsters do, like keep it short on top and party in the and like my old roommate does. I don't. That. I hope party in the face never never catches on. No, um, uh, that's that's definitely a boil remark. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's definitely something Charles Boyle would say. Phrasing, <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, phrasing. That's um, that's what we're gonna. I think. Um, I think we're just gonna while we keep doing this, we're gonna call it the boil. Um, like just it's it's a boilism. <laughs> okay, some, that's yeah, that's fair. That's I wish I hadn't said it, but I did, and I'm not editing it out. So. <laughs> can get some uh we can talk about over some polenta later or <laughs> whatever uh, you want to talk about well let's uh shall we go ahead and and jump right into this this first episode which is uh me time um or other people can find us oh i suppose we didn't do that i did all no. the other stuff um well, I mean, you can find I, I would oh, normally say if it weren't for COVID, I would say the gentleman across from me is at Jason E. Kyle yep. <laughs> on Twitter. And, and, and I'm, the, I'm the Twitters and the Instas, and um, you are at LTD underscore engagement um, on the Twitter, drop the underscore on the Instas. And um, forget Facebook. Uh, That's right. It, it's ridiculous. Forget um, Facebook. Uh, so I, I have found a, um, a better source for things Brooklyn nine, nine since last we recorded. Is there like a nine, nine wiki? It's, uh, I, I, yeah, I'm sure there is, but, uh, this is just called the nine, nine.com. Okay. Um, so I'm going to read the summary from here. Uh, it is... When Boyle takes lead on a possible homicide, Jake's attraction to the medical examiner delays the autopsy report. Meanwhile, Amy calls on Terry's artistic skills when the sketch artist falls sick. See, already a better summary than a better plot summary than, than Wikipedia, I think. Again, keeps it real tight. <laughs> um, um, as other details, it aired... Um, let's see, it aired October 8th, 2013... Mm-hmm. It was written by Gil Ozery, who uh, is a uh, most recently writer for uh, Big Mouth. Okay. And uh, directed by Troy Miller, who is, who was uh, an executive producer on uh, Flight of the Concords and Arrested Development, amongst other things. Well, that's quite the resume. Indeed it is. Um, and it has Mary... Uh, Mary Elizabeth Ellis is the, um, the person who, who plays the ME. Yeah. So what else, what else? And she looked very familiar. She's somebody who is in a lot of things. I looked her up today because I thought the same exact same thing. And, um, she's been in, um, an array of guest star on many comedies and dramas. Um, she's just one of those faces that you recognize from having been in a lot of things. Well, I thought she kind of looked like um, Caitlin Olsen from uh, It's Always Sunny. Well, and she's been on It's Always Sunny. Um, but um, that is not, that? Yeah, she has. She has. But she she has been on It's Always Sunny. Um, she's also... Um, yeah, she's been yeah, she's been on it's um it's always sunny like a lot. 
Yes. Uh, she's been on Lodge 49, um, which I understand is popular amongst a lot of people, except um, me, because I don't get AMC. Oh, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen it either. Anywhere. It's not streaming um, anywhere? Not that I subscribe to you anyway. Oh, I know where I know her from the most. She is the um, she was the wife of Fred Savage on this TV show I liked called The Grinder. Are you familiar with the show? I heard that's the the thing that um, Rob Lowe did after Parks and Rec, right? Yes. Okay. I, I love. I didn't see it, but I had heard good things about it. I'm going to go on a brief, um, a brief, um, a brief loving soapbox on the grinder. The show was just like amazing. I just funny. It was like Rob Lowe being, um, I I just, um, like he's this actor who just doesn't, you know, get, you know, he's, um, completely unaware, like loses all self-awareness of like who he is and like his family is left to pick up the pieces. It's just sort of like his, um, it's as if his character in Wayne's world had become an actor. (laughs) Okay. Just, um, and it just kind of makes fun of like procedurals and, um, Fred Savage was like really funny in it too. It just, it was just really smart. And when like about, seven or eight episodes in it really started to hit stride and then of course it got cancelled um, but which is a shame but it was it was solid this thing actually like it's it kind of hit the ground running too so like I kept watching it and watching it so gotcha. uh, we were big fans we were um, but I mean can't win them all man no this is true many great things get cancelled so um, do you have, um, it's, that's, that's my end of grinder corner. <laughs> <laughs> All um, right. So let's jump into it. The, the opening, yeah. <laughs> uh, you've got Peralta sabotaging his own date just so he can give Santiago shit. Um, <laughs> and it's great. And the whole bit with him, uh, you know, calling yeah. and describing her date as the serial killer suspect as yeah it's fantastic and it also it also really i mean they hint at it a little bit up to this point but it really really uh drives in the uh pigtail pulling plot point where you know you you have to know that that jake has some sort of uh, attraction to Amy, because you don't, you know, you you don't just sabotage your own date so that you can ruin somebody else's if you don't have some sort of of deeper feeling for them. Yes, I think we we all know that the collar competition that like goes on throughout this season is just a just a ruse for how they really feel about each other. Right. Yeah. They, so, they're, they're the will they won't they of this series. Yes. More so than, um, Boyle and, and Diaz. Yes. 
Um, yeah, they're Boyle and Diaz. I mean, pretty much from the outset, they're the won't they, won't they? Um, <laughs> because <laughs> it's not gonna, it's not gonna go. You, you know, from the beginning, it's not gonna go. Yeah, like it's. That's kind of part what makes it kind of fr- like that whole thing frustrating to begin with. It's like this isn't going to happen. Yeah. Like, and yeah, like, Boyle's just kidding himself. I mean, yeah. which which establishes something about Boyle, but um, you know. Um. So I guess um, and one thing I had written down here, I think some big things about this episode. And I think it kind of sets things off from the start about the basic plot is that um, that this episode is sort of like like a bizarre 90s indie film. Just the way the Emmy, uh, her behavior in the sack. <laughs> um, yes. So we'll definitely get to that. But I did, you know, before we gloss over it, I loved that, that scene where Jake, um, does the Mentos in the, uh, in the soda bottles (laughs) to what is, what is, what is to celebrate the case solving or something like that? Yeah. He, he got, um, he pulled the head of Santiago on the leaderboard. um, Yeah. The leaderboard, so he decided to celebrate by putting Mentos and Diet Coke two liters. And then, um, of course, it's it's um, intimated that that days later he can still taste the soda on his fingers. And Diaz says, "You need to shower more." <laughs> <laughs> um. Yes. Um. There's a couple other things like, like. I didn't really um, like. I guess the big thing to me was like when the um, it kind of really establishes like the dynamic of the team that Boyle will out- never see Jake as someone who's on like when Boyle has this opportunity to shine, take charge, he'll gladly just. Say no, Jake's guy. Jake's such a good guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like when he's clearly the primary, um, he's supposed to be the leadership on this. He's just like, no, it's it's Jake. Jake's time to shine. Like Jake doesn't need to shine. Jake. Well, and it's it's also his trusting nature, though. He just you know, Ooh. he and and to this is where because. Boyle's impulse is to be like, Jake is my friend. He mm-hmm. he wouldn't do me wrong. If he says he's taking care of something, I assume he's taking care of something because he wouldn't want to do anything to hurt me. And mm-hmm. the thing is that this is where, to me, the this this is one of the things that turned me on the, uh, as far as my opinion of, of the show went and my opinion of Andy Samberg in particular, because, again... You know, you would think with his type of character, he would just completely lean into the, uh, you know, being a jerk and being the egotistical, uh, you know, not caring what his his friend thinks or not even noticing that his his friend or that he's hurting his friend. Um, Mm -hmm. But Jake's a much more uh, empathetic character in that way. 
he, yeah. he, you know, he actually feels bad that he's, you know, he may not initially see it, but once, once he does see it, he feels terrible about how he's treating his friend. Mm-hmm. And then also it's like, you, it establishes that Amy's always going to be this organized person who's always searching for, um, validation and mentorship. Like, yeah. And, and when she doesn't, even when, like, uh, yeah, it's this one where, yeah, it was this particular episode where she is looking for something from Holt and no one can read. Well, <laughs> it's because, yeah, yeah the, the, oh, I love the whole thing about nobody can read Holt. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's the thing of, she is such a good cop mm-hmm. and you know, like the way that she, that she talks to, um, you know, that, that she calls Jake out on being a terrible second and she completely mm-hmm. reads the situation. Right. And, and Jake is walking all over Boyle and, you know, completely proving that San, Santiago's point about him being a terrible secondary. Yep. And yet she, Despite how good she is at her job, she still needs the validation of Captain Holt. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I, which brings us to her <laughs> soliciting Terry to be the sketch artist by saying how much she likes Terry's doodles. Yeah. To which Terry replies, um, would you call Picasso? Would you say Picasso was a doodler or something? I, yeah, I love that he compares himself to Picasso. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's fantastic, um, and it, it's it's he's he's just I love Terry's character and you know, the the whole like ask he when he asks the victim to start with the uh, with the perp's eyes. He says and says, were they desperate? Uh, were they desperate? Lonely? Did they did they <laughs> betray heartache? <laughs> they were brown. They were brown. <laughs> and he says, "Do you even want your purse back?" <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, this is definitely um, this is definitely one where I, I think I like the B story more. But oh, the A absolutely. Story, yeah. The A story has some points, but but the but the the ongoing uh plot line with Terry the artist and and nobody being able to read Holt's deadpan. Yeah. I mean, you know, the it, it kind of ha- because I mean, yes, it's funny that the Emmy has a has a a dead guy fetish. Um <laughs> but oh. There are two things I kind of wrote down that kind of made me that came to my mind in the episode. One is that the episode is just kind of out of a straight, straight out of a bizarre plot of a bizarre '90s indie film, which I was kind of into in college. Bizarre indie films. Your yeah, it it could have had a could have had a James Spader in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is something that James Spader would have starred in, mm-hmm. um, or but, ironically. You know, only if huh, it'll be ironic to some people. Let's say Kira Sedgwick. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, I also wrote down, um, speaking of like in the, uh, with the serial killer aspect, which was also quite the popular thing in the 90s, mm-hmm. I wrote, if seven had been a comedy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I kept thinking, since they kept making the gluttony, like since the guy was obviously fat. Yeah, oh, and yeah. And the Jake makes, I think, at, at one time six or seven fat jokes. Yep. I was thinking of the scene in Seven with Gluttony. And I think there's a, it's been a while since I've seen Seven. But um, there are, like, I think there's an autopsy scene or two mm-hmm. where just, you know, buy parts. And I mean, no one in Seven. Morgan Freeman doesn't fall over a dead body like Jake did. <laughs> um, but, right. man, that would have been... <laughs> <laughs> I think I would, uh, I would have enjoyed that movie a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows what they would have done. Wolves! <laughs> <laughs> who knows what they would have done with the what's in the box scene. Um <laughs> <laughs> like what's in the box yeah <laughs> and he trips and he trips and that's fine until Gwyneth Paltrow's head rolls out right spoiler <laughs> <laughs> for a <laughs> real movie yep <laughs> um as as far as the the plot point of people not being able to read Holt goes um the funniest one is Scully <laughs> Because he has um, he has the most obviously emotional interaction with Holt, Holt just <laughs> screaming at him like yelling about how terrible his police work is and you know how he should just retire or something and 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 uh, he's like yeah it's hard to read that guy <laughs> and then it, he says like a uh, um he says and and Holt's gay. And like, <laughs> Wait, Wait oh, gay? okay. I've got this whole thing written down. Yeah. The, uh, the, where Santiago says he and I are exactly the same, except I'm younger, Cuban, female, and straight. Uh-huh. And Scully says, Cap- Captain's Holt, Captain Holt's not gay. Captain Holt's gay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Terry's like, seriously, man, just retire. I, I, it's like the first day. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, the other thing I kind of noted here too, um, about halfway through the episode, it's established that Charles Boyle has had sex. <laughs> um, yes, well, and we'll talk a little bit more about Boyle's uh, sex life in the next episode. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I thought it was um, it was interesting. Then there's the line. Um, when they finally, like, when they discover that um, they go to the coroner's office to see how things are kind of with the autopsy report. Mm-hmm. And it's been a couple hours, and they catch Jake and um, Dr. Rossi, the Emmy, um, you know, in cahoots, you know, and, you know, having doing. You've been here for two hours. What'd you do? Have sex 40 times? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Um, makes me wonder, which makes me like ask my, um, which makes me question what happened three minutes before when we've established that we, I, I guess we, it's been established that Charles has had sex, but has he? <laughs> well, you know, he was married. I, you know, that doesn't oh, necessarily yeah. mean anything, but you know, have we? Has he? Yeah, he has discussed that he has he has an ex wife. He has because he's he's in one of the first episodes. He mentioned uh, how he was living in uh, his his ex wife's closet. I think. Right. Oh yeah, or basement or something. Like, closet seems more accurate. He's like divorce, no age divorce keeps, guy. Yeah, he keeps talking about how great how great a guy her husband is. Mm. No. <laughs> um. um. We did. Sure I, I think. Bef- well, I, we skipped over, unless you're unless you're coming up on it. The um, when um, when when Jake goes bup up 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 to Holt, <laughs> <laughs> and Holt says, "Don't ever bup up 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 me again." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> does it wrong, and yep. I wish I hadn't found that. Um. Um. There's a, um, I think there was one line when they're doing the autopsy. Um, I don't know if I'm moving ahead or not. Where, where are you in your notes? I don't want to jump ahead because I'm at the autopsy as far as I'm concerned. Um, so I only have a, I only have a couple of, um, I only have a couple of, of notes left. Um, and and they both involve uh, not the autopsy. So go for it. I think my favorite part of the autopsy is when um, they're pulling out the uh, intestines, and um, she says, "That's what we call the death, bo- like a gooshes." What's important? Goosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we call the death bubble. <laughs> yes. Um, yep. And so it's good. just, it's so like, it's in, it's just so like my Python, the meaning of life type sort of thing. Where like it's just this gross, yeah, like too outrageous to be gross, you know, disgusting. Yeah, like, it's just really funny, right? Like, um, and I just like any type of humor involving like type of body humor involving body parts I just enjoy um <laughs> like I constantly reference in my in my life the wafer thin mint sketch oh and, yeah me too which it's um, just bucket <laughs> so um that to me is just like the, the whole autopsy is just one big wafer thin mint sketch it's, it's just it's so disgusting that yeah. that sketch with the but they of of course played it brilliantly it's monty python what can yes are you sure so this is it's a mint it is wafer thin is <laughs> wafer thin yeah. yes yeah, put um, it on my tongue <laughs> yeah um when uh, when Santiago convinces Terry to do Holt's portrait, <laughs> and he says, "Get me my oils." 
And Scully <laughs> says, paint, paint or massage. <laughs> and he just has to give him, like, I'll get both. I'll get both. <laughs> oh, <sighs> man. But, yeah, no, I, I love the, the whole thing. And from when, when Amy goes to give him the painting and she mm-hmm. says, knock, knock, and Holt says, knock with your hands, saying it is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think it's not, I think what isn't get mentioned in the episode, that obviously Holt is giving her a hard time. Mm-hmm. Like he want, like she wants validation that she's a good cop, and what Holt is trying to do is like he knows she's a good cop. She wants, but he's being harsh on her, so she can be a better cop. That she isn't satisfied with who she is. Um, well, and she ends up being able. to to do exactly what she said, which was to read him because, you know, he initially thinking that he's just upset about the, um, uh, about the not liking the picture, but it's, Mm -hmm. but she intuits that it's, he doesn't like what the picture stands for. Right. But what it really is, it's, it's about the numbers, Jared. It's about the numbers. <laughs> it's about the numbers. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, and that's you know that's where that's where you know she's she, she tells you know she gives him basically the validation that that um, she is looking for herself for because she tells him you know, tells him that the he's actually doing really well because normally. With a brand new captain, this the stats go way down, and they're staying mm-hmm. level. And he should take that as a win, and ends up giving him the very thing that she's craving. And yeah, mm-hmm. um, um, that is uh, uh, my notes. That's pretty much all I have. I had just th- one more thing because yeah, when yeah. they when they catch the 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 wife, um. <laughs> And she talks about all the guy or all the girls that he was uh, with, you know. And I, they try to call him a Don Juan, but then make the joke Don Flan. Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he drove me to do it. He he drove me to do it. <laughs> like yeah. He had so many affairs. And, uh, <laughs> That was that was the extent but, of my notes. I I, I, I like this episode. You know, clear. I, mm-hmm. This is the most animated we've been talking about anything in the first season so far, and mm-hmm. I think it's. I actually have fewer notes about this about this next episode because I like this next episode so much. Mm-hmm. Well, I at the end, like it's the kind of the first time we ever actually seen them going out drinking at this episode. Like they go, they go to their bar. And they still hint at the Boyle Rosa relationship at the end, mm-hmm. which again drives me nuts. Um, but I took more organized notes, um, or less notes. Um, I think I don't know, but I was like you. Like this is um, I do like this episode for uh, 
the, the next episode, episode five, for many reasons. Um, you ready to get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. I'm ready. To talk about The Vulture, episode five? The, the Vulture. Yes. Um, which so, aired, um, aired October 15th, 2013. <laughs> um, written by... Let's see. Uh, did it not say this time? Anyway, here's the summary of it. It is, uh, Jake is close to solving a case when a detective from special crimes takes over just in time to claim the credit. Meanwhile, Captain Holt and Gina trick Terry into returning to a shooting range. And so this... Soup to nuts. This is the best episode of the season so far. Mm-hmm. It's hysterically funny. Both A and B plot are fantastic. They're both both hysterically funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so I, when we talked about last week, we, t- um, we talked about there being great like guest stars to come still. Um including favorites. I, I had kind of forgotten that the Vulture episode was coming. When I was saying my favorite um, recurring character shows up and one of the funniest people, we still haven't gotten mm-hmm. to them yet. Um, but this, um, this is great. So um, something I kind of know from, like, from my personal viewing standpoint, I assume that you're watching this on Hulu with commercials just like me. Yeah. Um, every commercial break when they watched this on Hulu was an Allstate commercial. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's do this Which, kind of in order. Let's 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 wait. Yeah. Let's let's come up to yeah. up to up to this point. So, because yeah, um, we start off with a golden moment. Yes. <laughs> which is everyone discussing their their oldest perp, the oldest arrest. Yes. Except Charles Boyle. Yes. Who comes in saying 68. <laughs> yeah. And it was his roommate's grandmother. <laughs> it was, he's talking about the first time, or no, he's talking about the oldest woman he's had sex with. And everybody mm-hmm. else is talking about their oldest perp. And he yes. tries his lame attempt to, uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I was talking about too. <laughs> and yeah, um, and his line—it's like having she had some real torque with that new hip. Yeah, it's like having sex with a transformer. <laughs> <laughs> Peralta, that is nobody's fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's fantasy. Um, so, so you know I'm going to ask you, right? <laughs> I hope not. Who was your oldest perp, Jared? I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, we are not having this discussion, my friend. This is an ex- this is an ex- this is an explicitly rated podcast, but I am not going to begin talking about the ages of of the women that I have been with because 
just on the off chance that any one of them might listen, I would not want to um, have to make them feel bad or hear about it at some point. <laughs> you can mind my father's listening too. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and, and might I add your wife? <laughs> I I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask you who your who 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 was the oldest person you arrested. <laughs> right, arrested. That's exactly what you meant. Yes. I'm sure that's exactly what you meant. From all your years on the force. Right. Yeah. The force. Um, Is that what you kids call it? <laughs> <laughs> um But yeah, yeah so I, I mean the 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 Opening premise of this is that Jake is terrible at refusing help, and this actually harkens mm-hmm. back to an earlier episode where they're talking about their favorite cop movies, and he mentions Die Hard and talks about how John, how you know, John McClane is a is a cop who does everything while everybody else just sits around and does nothing, mm-hmm. and he wants to be that guy, mm-hmm. uh, and consequently is a horrible team player and something. That, I mean. Not only is he bad at accepting help, but he's also bad at giving it, as we saw in the last episode. Um, yeah. So this is a big this is a big growth episode for for Jake. Mm-hmm. Um. So I mean, there's a theme here: is that Jake is not a team player. He does not give help. He does not receive help. And to the to the ire of his coworkers, right? Um, so. Well, to his own detriment, too. Yeah. Um, so. so we've got that plot point introduced. And then we get the plot point introduced very hotly on the heels of that one mm-hmm. of uh, Terry. Yeah. When Holt asks, uh, asks him to um, join him at the, at the gun range. Um, and Terry reminds him that you know that it's been been a while since since you know he shot a gun, um, and Holt being oh yeah the the incident, and they replay the incident with the mannequin. Um, mm-hmm. He says oh oh yeah, but then there was another incident <laughs> <laughs> involving a very well placed pinata. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Calm down, man. I'm going to go get some candy. Yes. <laughs> but Terry's scream is priceless. His, you know, his high-pitched scream as he freaks out and unloads his entire clip into a pinata. <laughs> um, um, freezing. I said clip. It unloads his clip into a pinata. That's what they call it, right? Guns, I, clips. Yeah, phrase. Okay, it's a boilism. Yeah, yeah, um, okay, boy. I got it. I believe the phrase is empties his clip, not unloads his clip. <laughs> well, I'm not a gun guy. What do you want from me? I got as close as I could. <laughs> also phrasing. <laughs> I think we've established that you were to fuck the boil. <laughs> Oh no, I don't want to be the boil of this podcast. <laughs> hey, okay. This episode you are. <laughs> All right. Um let's see, what do I have? 
I have something. Oh, oh, right. And so Gina uh, is going to go with them and explain yeah. that she wants to she wants to um, be able to protect herself. She says, "There's been a ton of crime in my neighborhood, and the cops at my precinct are are very bad." Yeah. <laughs> so she, and Holt's like, "But, but you live in our precinct." Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Good old Gina. Oh, Gina. Um, I think um, where I started getting more after I got past the um, the opening, uh, our good friend, uh, friend of the show, Andy Richter. Andy um, Richter! <laughs> I love Andy um, Richter. Yeah, uh, makes an appearance as the bellhop, as as the doorman. I yeah, yeah. It's the worst comic book idea I've ever heard. It's idea. F- uh, I wrote this down. Okay, <clears throat> idea for a novel: a mild mannered doorman gets bitten on the penis by a radioactive spider and becomes the world's greatest lover. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> the whole inter- exchange with him and, per- and Peralta saying, wait, no, I want to know what happens. And he says, well, if you must know, he saves the first lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh. dear Lord. <laughs> Um, great cameo appearance. Yeah, it's, um, and I think, was it, is it, when does the, um, so when does our guest star, our our other guest star come in? Well, so they, he comes in while they're at the hotel, right? Or the, the apartment complex because they're, they're canvassing and, uh, and, uh, uh, Peralta gets a, call from Diaz who's trying to help him out with the with the case mm-hmm. and then she sees that he's come in. Right. So they rush back to the precinct and mm-hmm. enters the vulture aka Detective Pembroke who yeah. as you were mentioning uh probably right now most people know him for playing mayhem in the Allstate commercials. Mm-hmm. Also was but, Den- was it Dennis? Yes, that's what I remembered him from. Was Dennis Rock. Duffy on Thirty Rock, Liz mm. Lemon's boyfriend, the Beeper King? <laughs> yes. Because and now and now those two star in all state commercials together. Yes. Yeah. So throughout, like, and throughout the episode, they kept playing all state commercials. Of course, none of them had mayhem in them. It was. Um, uh, Dennis Haysbert, mm. uh, actor who was the president in 24, 24. Yeah. And was, um, Oh, he is in major league as the Cuban player. Yes. The, uh, the superstitious uh, one, right? Yeah. Um, he, he practiced voodoo. Yes. Um, he worshiped Jobu. Mm-hmm. Um, who he would give rum to before every game and bless the bat. Um, yes. So he makes home runs. Um, a highly offensive character nowadays. Oh, yeah. Very much um, so. 
it's worth mentioning that yeah, I, I, I it w- that would not play today. Um, but um, yeah, I just I, there's I, I a lot of got, those comedies from the '90s that would not fly. <laughs> I just remember watching 24 for the first time. Like, so did um, Serrano? That's his name in Major League. Mm-hmm. Um, Serrano. Did he just run for president? <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> so, like, and, and got elected? Like, is that how, like, it's like, it's like Jesse Ventura running for governor of Minnesota. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we live in this world where, um, where a, uh, a baseball player for the worst team in the American League who worships who practices voodoo becomes president and that's okay. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, yeah, I always wondered what he's been up to lately other than all state commercials. Cause I really liked he's in, he's been in a few movies, not lately, but he's been like far from heaven and right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I keep after his two, well, he, Spoiler alert, in 24, he gets assassinated. What? Eventually. What? What's that? I have never seen the show. Oh. That's all right. I'm never. I'm probably not going to watch the show. It's It's not. I would recommend watching at least the first three seasons. It's yeah. what started binging in the first place. I believe that show. I would argue that that show is what started binging in the first place. Oh, okay. Because it takes place in real time over 24 It's hours. an actual 20. Yeah. Yeah, it's an actual... Those are 24 hours, but with commercials, it ends up being 18. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it lies. Um, but, um, uh, but I'm sorry. Um, but I am, um, at some point, I wrote down during the conversation with the Vulture that, of course, Charles knows all the names of the Nancy Drew books. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course he does. Yes, um, because. Only, only he would like, like, miss the point. Well, not necessarily the point, but like, Hardy Boys was for boys, and Nancy Drew was for girls. <laughs> but I mean, you don't have to be. It's the target audience. It doesn't yeah. necessarily. Boys can read Nancy Drew if they want to. Exactly. Yeah. Um. I yeah. I it's. I, I, it, the episode just pretty much never lets up. It's just non nonstop funny, and the the whole thing about um, you know, like the exchange between the vulture and and Boyle when Boyle's walking into Holt's office, and, and he's they have this weird conversation about. Um, I, I didn't write down the exchange on this one, but the whole like. Uh, <laughs> you got this like small stuff, and then he's. Like, you know, you're looking good. He's like, yeah, I know I am or whatever. It's, yeah, it's a. The ass grabbing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that, um, spoiler alert in future episodes, the ass grabbing by the vulture goes down significantly less. <laughs> yes. Spoiler alert, man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, um, let's see. What was it? 
But um, I also, um, a few minutes later, when they decide that they're going to out-vulture the vulture. Well, okay, but I do want to bring up the... um, uh, When they're talking about, uh, you know, still introducing the vulture, and, and, you know, they're talking about all the cases he swooped in at the end, and, and, you know, he's talking to Rosa, and he says... Uh, I mean, what was it with Diaz's last impossible extortion case? What was it, like six hours? And she says, that's because it was 98% solved. And oh, yeah. Says, yeah like the, 2% the last 2% hardest. is the hardest to get. That's why they leave it in the milk. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there was um, Holt insists on calling him Detective Pembroke. Um, yeah. And, 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 and um, Boyle says... Calm the vulture and make some more human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just um it it's just yeah, he's just great. Um but I think I, I so I wrote down when they go out drinking again and they decide that they're going to out vulture the vulture. Mm-hmm. I wrote down um of course, Scully doesn't make it four blocks to yes. get a hairdryer. Yeah, he's like and, four blocks. Okay, Scully like on foot, it could take it could take weeks. Yeah, and Char- and of course, um, of course, um, uh, they, of course, people, uh, men would think that women carry hair dryers yeah, in their when purse. Jake says, "Give and me your hair dryer." One person who does that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, the exchange with Rosie and a- Rosa and Amy, um, you know, Jake saying, "Give me your hair dryer," and Rosa, "What? What are you talking about? Don't you carry one in your purse?" And Amy says, "Have you ever met a human woman?" <laughs> <laughs> so this leads back to the gun range, um, where there there are a couple of things <clears throat> before the hair dryer thing. The you know, uh, hold. Basically, does trick. Uh, well, no, Gina tricks Terry into taking some shots, and right. and and she says, "Oh, that's it. He did it." And then Holt says, "No, that was only. What did he said that was only eight, or that was only seven, or something like that." And he, yeah, and yeah. he's like, "Wait, are you trying to get me recertified?" So they try to convince him to take the last few shots. You know, it's just like just a few more to get recertified, and he's like, "It's just you know." trying to convince himself it's you know he's done it many times before it's just like anything else it's just like breathing you know and then he's like i i I don't how do you breathe is it is it two in one out (laughs) (laughs) i've been um i've been getting back into running since the pandemic and that's been the hardest thing is to get back into the rhythm of running, like the rhythm of breathing. Mm. And I go, do I just go two in and one out? Like, how do I do this? Because <laughs> <laughs> um, back, back when I like ran like really long distances, like I would just, the, the rhythm would come from my breathing and not, and getting that down. It's been, it's been the biggest struggle is like, it used to be so much easier when, but I also had a lot less to carry. <laughs> so probably. <laughs> okay. 
So this is going to go backwards because I happened to find the exchange between Vulture and Charles. Um, okay. So Vulture saying to Charles, what's up, little man? And Charles being like, what's up? And Vulture being like, feeling sexy, huh? <laughs> yeah, I feel sexy. Yeah, you look sexy, man. You know I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, to add to that, I, I, I noticed this about... 17 minutes in the episode, but I think it happens earlier. I finally noticed that Charles has been wearing a members only jacket. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Unironically. Uh, yeah. Like, like no one notices it. Like no one brings it up that he's wearing like this outdated piece of fashion. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's just, Per Boyle, I, it's just it's what Boyle would be doing. It's and it's ridiculous. Yes. Um, so like, he's not wearing it like as a hipster. He's just wearing it because it was probably in like his father's handed down from generations of Boyles um, <laughs> or something or uh, whatever. But um, so oh. I, I wrote down. Uh, the the so, way Gina answers the phone, which you say yeah. Gina's Gina's house of stolen of stolen police badges or something like that, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and and asking you there's know there's a couple um, there was a couple of things I kind of wrote down from that like brief exchange. One, um, I think, is this the point where they start doing the role-playing and it's Santiago and um, Jake? It's right afterwards. So there was, the, yeah, the, right after Gina saying, of course she has a hairdryer. What do you think? I'm, a, I'm an animal or something like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, then uh, they decide that they're going to, they're going to go solve the case. They got on the bus and they, they, they head down there and... And they're they're gonna do the role playing and um, what is it? Um, <laughs> um, Boyle they, always has to be the the victim, mm-hmm. and Jake says, "Well, you could play the door." <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote down like when Santiago and um, Peralta do their role play, in which Peralta is the victim. Um. Instead of Boyle, um, I think Santiago at one point calls him a butthead. Mm-hmm. And I wrote down, this is the most romantic use of the word butthead I have ever heard. Because <laughs> <laughs> yes. they're so obviously flirting. Yeah. And yeah, like, and then it's after that they go back to Holt and Terry and Gina and they're sitting there trying to calm Terry down and they're talking about Top Gun. (laughs) And the thing that I wrote down is like, I I mean, other than like goose and wingman, like that lovely exchange of the most beautiful movie of the A's is, I wrote down question mark. Holt has seen Top Gun. Yes. (laughs) Holt has seen the movie. Holt has seen Top Gun. It's great. Yeah. 
And the fact that Gina has not is also great. <laughs> because well, it doesn't surprise me that Gina hasn't. Well, see, I figured that would have totally been reversed that Gina, I mean, the, the, you know, the expectation is that Gina has seen it and loves it and mm-hmm. Holt would never have, have spent his time on it. I figure if there's any movie from the, I, I, I consider Gina to be like a millennial. So I figure there's aim. Well, but it's, well, I guess uh, it's not yet. So I won't bring that up. I won't bring that point up. Well, her heavy use of the phone, but also her and Jake are kind of around the same age. But also if there's any two movies that Gina, two movies from the 80s that Gina has seen, it would be Footloose and Flashdance. Yeah, that makes more sense. That's true. Of her. You know, because she's such a dancer. <laughs> um, especially Flashdance, because I feel like if there's anyone who could be in the modern retelling of Flashdance, if there's anyone who could possibly capture the spirit of what it is to be like a steel town girl on a Saturday night, mm-hmm. um, it would be um, it would be Gina. Yes. <laughs> so. Um. um. So the, they have the conversation, but they 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 are trying to think about where the corkscrew is going to be, and mm-hmm. they're they're going around and and it gets to Hitchcock, and all right, Hitchcock, you're up. The body, the corkscrew is still in the body. Jake oh. says, "No, you're terrible at this. Go sit down." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, there's something that I should mention here too, since we've kind of brought them up um, uh, more times in this episode than the last episode. But I like this episode more. I think what's missing from the last episode, the Emmy, than this one, is that the last episode had no Gina and no Hitchcock. Yes. Yeah. I wrote that down specifically. Yeah. I I, so. I could I could get on board with that. I think that that's that's true. There's you know, they well you know they hadn't they were still figuring out what their what their strengths were you know and the, their strengths are on the bench they're benching their strengths so yeah in this episode they they get they get uh, used well. Um, uh, so, so they figure it out. Boyle the whole thing about Boyle they figure it was a magnetic corkscrew. And that it's stuck mm-hmm. to the inside of the trash chute. Mm-hmm. And they're looking for somebody with narrow shoulders to go down the trash chute. <laughs> Broad shoulders. <laughs> Boyle, yes. That was like, no, no. Narrow hips. Broad shoulders. Broad shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he finds it, he's like, this is the greatest night of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and the trash bag on his head. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I had one more note. Um, I'm pretty sure you probably noticed this too. Um, but um, I decided that um, I'm going to do some research, and if if this is the case, I'm probably going to go back to school to get my degree in slow jam studies from <laughs> university. Yes, uh, I I was getting there, but we we have a couple more things to go over before we get to that because that's like the end of it so they 
they get caught, right? They get caught. They get in trouble for disturbing the crime scene and for being uh, being drunk. Um, <laughs> and and like Jeffers takes Terry takes Jake outside, and mm-hmm. and Jake's like, before you get mad, and Sergeant Jeffers like, shut it. Holt was right. I've been so worried about my own kids. I forgot about my stupid grown-up kids. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Jake says that's insulting, and and Terry says I should have, I should have been on you guys more. And starting now, I will be. But if you ever do this again, I swear I'll crush your head in one hand. <laughs> yes. Jake, you don't mean that. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so they appease the vulture by Jake, you know, this is where he learns to be a team player. You know, he sacrifices the closing the case in order to save his team, in order to save Captain Holt, who's taking a lot of heat. So he gives the murder weapon to the vulture. Um, and then when Holt says, uh, uh, all of you broke into a crime scene under the influence of alcohol, overstepped your jurisdiction and disobeyed my direct orders. Everyone involved tonight is going to get written up. Jake says, okay, fine. Here's everyone who was there. Jake Peralta, Jay Peralta, Dr. Jacob Peralta, who has a PhD in slow jam studies from Funktown State University. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And my point is, my point is it was a Peralta special, sir. No one else was there. Yeah. Uh, I was great. Um, yes. I, that will be where I get my degree in. Uh, I will get my master's Slow in jam studies. Yeah. From Funktown University. Funktown State. Funktown <laughs> it's a party State. school. Oh, my bad. Um, no, yeah. they're not a party school anymore. They turn things around. <laughs> <laughs> That's the they got new. Uh, they got, they got new. Uh, they got Michael Crow came in. He, he <laughs> made it, made it respectable. Um, yeah, he left ASU and decided to make Funktown State you know, respectable university. And now they're the leader in innovation and, um, well, you know, and all that other stuff. And It's just, I mean, yeah, Funktown State University like was like number 298 on top 300 colleges and the latest ranking by U.S. News and World Report. So, I mean, there you go. You put a lot of commitment into this bit. That was, I, I, I applaud you. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, Jake learns how to play on a team mm-hmm. and to, you know, maybe gain some respect for the abilities of his, of his fellow officers, but puts a button on things by making a cast of his big white ass to send, <laughs> showing that he hasn't fully grown up. He sends that off to the vulture. Yes, I enjoyed that. Um, male nudity on network television. Um, Tasteful. <laughs> uh, it is a plaster cast. He, you know, you never see any actual skin. But uh, we did it. We talked about these two episodes. We did, and I don't know how long it took. Not but bad. We actually maintained <laughs> so. focus. We're just we're just hitting the hour mark, basically. All right. So well, congrats to you, sir. So we did it. We did it. Yeah. So. Woo. Applause. So 
Woohoo! <laughs> I will. Um, I'll, I'll continue to take notes. It seems to work out best for us. I, I think so. Well, you know, and again, this time I took fewer notes, but I remembered the episode more because it was a, a great episode, and and the one before it was pretty solid too. Yeah. So next time we'll do episode six and seven. Sounds good. Season one. Um, but um, yeah. Um, and uh, we kept it tight. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it tight. Keep it sleazy. Keep. Take it sleazy. Yeah. Chili babies. Um, <laughs> all right. Give me food, chili babies. This has been a Hoon Waddle production. If you enjoyed this podcast, why not check out one of our other fine podcasts available from hootandwaddle.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any number of podcast apps. If you'd like to support Hoot and Waddle and get access to an exclusive member-only podcast, receive discounts on merch, and more, go to patreon.com forward slash Hoot and Waddle.